Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Kalika Bharashadam Bande Paramadhimantam Bibhidatattasasgyam Mahatibhratapashinam Vaikuntadhamadrishtitam Stavamrita Pradayanim Bita Mahapurna Yotin Abhido Jnana Sampannam Asankha Taptaji Vepho Santi Dayakam Mahantam Sri Ramakrishna Parshadam Sri Abhedananda Swaminam I offer my adoration to Swami Abhedananda, a disciple of Sri Ramakrishna was born out of the blessings from Mother Kali due to her, his mother's prayer, who was supremely talented in the knowledge of a wide range of different scriptures and their spiritual contents, who performed severe austerities and at the vision focused on the abode of all-pervaded oneness, who composed many nectar-like hymns of praise, and who was a perfect monk, free from delusion, and was endowed with the knowledge of non-separation. And he gave peace to countless burning souls. I bow down to him, that Swami Abhedananda, again and again. Home peace, peace, peace be unto us all. So today, yesterday was a joyous day. Probably many of you have participated. That was Mother Durga, the celebration of Mother Durga. Today our topic is Sami Abhedananda. It is his 150th anniversary. And after Sami Vivekananda, Swami Vivekananda called him into for the work of this West and he was a tremendous power in preaching Vedanta in this country. Many of us do not know because we have not much uh, talks over Swami Abhedananda, but he was really a right type of preacher of Vedanta, who lived that life in his own way, prepared his life in presence of Sri Ramakrishna and searched for the truth from the early childhood, wanted to be a yogi par excellence and was searching for teacher here and there. A wonderful life which he nurtured himself for his own spiritual growth and how that life helped people in this country and in Europe to transform their life into spiritual wisdom and strength. So this is, I will just go through his life because we are remembering him in his 150th anniversary. Very scholarly books, if you go through his works, complete works, you can find in our bookstore, of course. And it will be really your 
scholarly the hunger scholarly approach you can find a solution there you find good uh, feast of your brain also there so we will remember him that is our purpose and at the end we will listen to his voice ramakrishna's disciples voice are not available even sami vivekananda was here uh, there was probably some recording possibility but it was we don't know of it and there was something in india also one of the king recorded but that was lost or missed somewhere sometimes on youtube we may find that sami vivekananda's voice but don't believe that's a fake we do not know and this is sami avedananda his voice is available so you will listen that voice at the end of my talk though in bengali but to hear how his voice was to listen to one who touched the feet of sri ramakrishna and among the 16 disciples his voice and also later on we will find that that is translated into english someone is speaking so i'll give that 10 minutes to listen 5 minutes in original volume in his own voice and another 5 minutes the translation so sami avedananda he was called kali why kali he was kali his mother prayed to divine mother kali to give a child that's why it is called he is born out of the blessings of mother kali that's why it is called kali prasad or kali and his mother was really a devoted lady as most of the uh direct disciples we find that they are highly spiritual people their parents are very highly spiritual and these children are born out of prayer prayer to god so that their spirituality they such pure souls are attracted to them his father was a teacher in english and he was a bright student from the very early days a voracious reader he learned about the great vedanta teacher shankaracharya reading the history of india by wilson and then from the early childhood he wanted to be a pandit a scholar highly intellectual person he has this remarkable memory and was very easy for him to compose the sanskrit hymns from the very early days and we are indebted to him he has composed holy mother's beautiful hymn and listening to which holy mother herself blessed that kali that let mother saraswati the goddess of learning sit on your tongue that's why he was so eloquent all through his life when he was 14 he saw in his father's library one bhagavad gita and he was very interested in learning so he took it and as soon as he took it up his father saw this boy of 14 years now studying this bhagavad gita what he will understand so he took away that book and but the boy was so intelligent he saw that where my father has taken away and put it hiding somewhere so he went and searched and searched and found out and he stealthily took that book <laughs> and he used to read 
when everyone in the night all are sleeping at the dead of night he would read the bhagavad gita that was his urge for learning the scriptures and the ancient wisdom and in, this, in his young age it was calcutta calcutta was the capital of india and it was pulsating with the religious movements various types of religious movement it's called the period of renaissance and the political and cultural activities were so much going on and he was very interested in everything so he used to attend to the national leaders like s n banerji their talks and lectures predominant brahmo leaders who tried to bridge this christian idea and vedic idea to make a bridge because that idea was that at that time in india there is no religion it is all the uh, religion of the idiots so naturally the christian religion is the only religion so that was preached by reverend kalicharan banerjee and other were christian evangelists to save that there came the movement what you call the brahmo movement they wanted to say no 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 father god in the heaven father is not in your religion we also have so they breathed some the upanishadic verses and we have worship in a christian manner with piano and this and that so when these are done bling together that brahmo movement become very popular and the young bengal used to get attracted to that that's why they didn't like the worship of the deities idols these are idol worship taught by the christian evangelists so he used to attend to keshav chandra sen the brahmo leader pratap majumdar who came in the 1893 chicago parliament of religions and became friend with swami vivekananda but became an enemy of vivekananda later on anyhow and parallelly he started to they all the scholars vedanta scholars top vedanta scholars ancient spiritual wisdom those people who are trying to hold on and to prove that no spirituality there is vibrant spirituality and and india does not lack that so that hindu leader those are protecting their religion from this onslaught of the christian propaganda those people like pandit shashadhar tarkachuramuni a great scholar of that time gave series of lectures on six systems of philosophy in albert hall in calcutta university so he used to attend all these steps gathering all types of uh, in information from all the resources is available during that time and his desire to learn to be a yogi was so earnest so he went to different teachers and that time there was a great as i referred that pandit sasodhar he was a great vedic scholar so he went to him and kali future abhedananda his name is kali so kali went to sasodhar that pandit great pandit and asked sir sir i want to be a yogi can you teach me this patanjali's yoga philosophy you know patanjali's yoga philosophy which is raja yoga in swami vivekananda's book and also in search of god no that book what is our swami peace translation raja yoga how to know god so that is the book 
So he went and Pandit Sasudar said, I am so busy, I have no time. So I cannot teach you. And then he forwarded it to another great Pandit of the time, Kalivar. And Kalivar also said, I have no special time. He was translating this Yoga Sutra, this Patanjali's philosophy, based on the Sion and other commentaries, in the ancient commentaries. And he said, oh, I have no separate time to teach you, but you can come at my leisure. When I will be resting or something, I will chit-chat and I will teach you. That was, but he was so insistent. He wanted to learn the yoga, the science of yoga, and he used to go there and days after days listen to him. But his, this Kali was searching for truth. And a meeting with Sri Ramakrishna, um, made a turning point in his life. He was restless and he used to find a real teacher who can teach and who have experienced. So he learned from his one friend that there is a good teacher, Ramakrishna Paramahansa, and he lives in Dakshineshwar. So listening that, he got interested. And one day, in those days, children are not free to go out as they want. Their parents are there. Parents will say, no, no, yes, yes. <laughs> I do not know what was in this country. But in <laughs> now may be different, but I am talking about, say, in the 1800, that period. It's really very, uh, children are not free, which school they will go, what facet of education they want and they liked it. It is all determined by the parents. So anyhow, so what happened, he still don't tell anybody. He thought that Dakshineshwar is very close, a walking distance, four miles. So he will come, how long it will take and go and see and come back. But he came out of that home, their home in Calcutta. And then walked, walked, and got wrongly directed, and went long distance around. It is about morning, early morning. He uh, came out and going here and there, round about, round about. Ultimately, reached Dakshineshwar around eleven o'clock. How many hours the boy has walked? And then when he reached there, to his utter frustration, he came to know that Ramakrishna is not available. He has gone to Calcutta. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm coming from Calcutta and he has gone to Calcutta. Then he was thinking what to do and he was frustrated. Then he saw another young boy. He is also sitting there and they came to talk to each other. He said, I am also waiting for Sri Ramakrishna. Where do you live? He also lives in Calcutta. Then he said, oh, what will happen? I am exhausted, I am tired, I am hungry. Huh? And if I go back, my parents will be angry and at this late I didn't tell anybody. Then he said, don't worry. Let us take a bath in the Ganga and have prasad, lunch in the temple and wait. Ramakrishna will come back this afternoon or evening. What will happen? My mom and dad, they will be angry. But okay, I also have my mom and dad. They will be angry, I know. Let them be angry, but we let us stay. So the two boys become friends. One is Soshi, future Ramakrishnananda, and this Kali, Avhedananda. So both of them 
waited and Ramakrishna came uh, and the, uh, in the evening and he came out with a he saw a man intoxicated in God and just coming out of the carriage and taking the name Ma Kali 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 and enter into his room. So the two boys are waiting outside and they thought that can we see and then he went to report that this boy wants to see you. Then Sri Ramakrishna asked that, okay, let them come. And then Sri Ramakrishna, looking at Kali, said that, you were a yogi in your previous life. It was left for perfection. This will be your last birth. And he said, then he requested, sir, can you teach me yoga? Eh? Then he said, okay, I will teach you, I shall teach you yoga. Tonight you rest here. And tomorrow we'll do that. Anyhow, they got courage. They stayed overnight. And next day, Kali came. And then Sri Ramakrishna. This is a wonderful experience in connection with, in the touch of Sri Ramakrishna, what can bring. So he said that he is describing in his own word, Kali describing in his own words. When I was seated in the lotus posture, Next morning, after taking a dip in the Ganges, he came before Ramakrishna and he was seated in the lotus posture. Then he said that the master asked me to stick out my tongue. As soon as I did that, he wrote a mantra on it with the middle finger of his right hand and then advised me to meditate on Mother Kali, the Divine Mother. I did what he said. And his experience, gradually, I lost all outer consciousness and sat in deep meditation. I felt an unspeakable joy within. So this is the transformation which came first in touch with Ramakrishna, where religion is a reality. It is not a talk. It is not some philosophy. It can be transmitted and it is transmitted instantly. And this Kali's mind went into deep ecstasy. And he continued his spiritual search like that and following the instruction of Sri Ramakrishna, he used to meditate and he used to get many visions and experiences. We even now we doubt, is there this Durga Puja we do? Is it true? Is there any mother form like that? Or what we are doing here? <laughs> it's very really, to many of you will be the same question. No. You bring some image and you put it there and you say Mother Durga. What is that? But their experiences prove that it is true. Swami Brahmananda saw this Mother Durga walking over the Ganga and entering into the Belud Mat our headquarters, that premises, entering into the premises, leaving vision. Vigyanananda, Swami Vigyanananda has to so many visions. And this Kali, he saw wonderful visions of gods and goddesses. This proves, these are not myths. We live in this present condition, in my mental condition, I see you. When the mind becomes elevated into another level, you will see different world altogether. 
and when mind becomes purer and purer divine visions and experiences becomes very natural and they are the testimony i may not see you may not see does not this does not prove that it is non existing you raise your consciousness into that level then you will see that you bring a television eh and connect with the cable line and click channel number 10 what will happen you see all this channel work going on it is here but you don't see i don't see you click 20 it will be 20 what is going on in that level is it not if this is not is acceptable why not when the mind moves in a different flights of existence you see different realms of reality and reality reality and ultimately it ends in that oneness and that kali saw wonderful visions and of gods and goddesses and also divine incarnations like krishna christ buddha rama these are not myths it may be myth to us because we don't want to believe unless we see ourselves but we don't pay the price how to see that you have to do much austerity you have to give much price for it you cannot gain it by just saying i don't believe so dihari is the example he saw christ krishna chaitanya and others and one day one day he saw a beautiful vision he was meditating in his home in parental home and he suddenly saw a beautiful vision that ocean an ocean of light and consciousness and in that there came and divine effulgent image of ramakrishna and ramakrishna is living that time he is not he is not thinking that ramakrishna is god but he has visited ramakrishna and then he saw christ buddha rama and all the divine entities all arising out of that consciousness and ultimately they are all merging into ramakrishna and having that joy he was so in his ecstatic experience he was so happy so he ran from his home to dokshineshwar to relate to that story and sri ramakrishna said sri ramakrishna said ah you have seen you have seen vaikuntha then vaikuntha means what the abode of the lord vishnu and what does it mean it says that henceforth you will no longer have the visions of gods and goddesses you have risen to the formless state only ramakrishna could understand and kali can understand but the point is that these visions are all true and ultimately the names and forms we start with but ultimately it ends into the infinite so these are his he what he saw he related to ramakrishna and we are blessed enough to get those printed now it was a private experience not to be known to others but anyhow from then on actually it happened from his mind of this avedananda this was absorbed in the concept of the infinity the vastness of the impersonal brahman rather than the divine forms so kali was convinced that sri ramakrishna is the culmination of all the divine entities or embodiment of all the 
That's why he has composed beautiful hymns about Ramakrishna. Yeah, he has composed beautiful hymns about Holy Mother and others. Really very inspirational. Another experience in London. It happened much later. Uh, I will relate that, read that from the experience, what has happened. One of his disciples of Swami Abhedananda recorded his reminiscences about Abhedananda in his book and it quotes, In 1915, Abhedananda was in London. On May 6, Abhedananda is saying, I went to book, booking office to purchase a ticket from London to New York on SS Lusitania. While I was in that office, a mysterious thing happened. I was about to buy the ticket, but immediately I heard a clear voice forbidding me to buy it. I was dumbfounded. I thought it might be a freak of my mind. I looked around, but could not find anybody. So again I went to the counter, and the same thing happened. Then I decided to return to the apartment without buying any ticket. However, I planned to buy the ticket the following day. The next morning, I saw in the newspaper, in big letters, S.S. Lusitania is no more. I was overwhelmed. Tears rolled down my cheeks. I realized that the Master had saved my life. What has happened? On the 7th May 1915, during the World War I, this British liner was destroyed by a German submarine in the Atlantic Ocean near the Cork coast of Ireland. 1,198 passengers died. So it is what he is saying that that divine power is actually behind all of us and he feels that it is behind his life, protecting him, guiding him, who gave the vision, who is the embodiment of all the divine entities, and who is the absolute one, is guiding our life. This gives some sort of conviction in our life that there is a bigger power. Uh, let us not feel that we are simple alone. Now, Swami Abhidhananda, as in early days, he came after giving up his home to Baranagar Monastery and tremendous austerity. But he used to engage himself day and night in studies of the scriptures. Sometimes his brother monks would complain that he does not do in a group you live, no? If you, you get all the time engaged in book, others have to cook and clean and uh, do the chores. Who will do? So they were all complaining against uh, this Abhedananda, Kali, other brothers. Then one day Swami Vivekananda came and he, he said that, what's the wrong in it? Let one, one of us read, study and bring all your chore works. I will do myself. I'll scrub the, all the pots and pans and all this physical work what is needed. That means he was encouraging Swami Abhedananda because he was going to be a world teacher. So we find that he is building up his spiritual life by studying deeply the scriptures and 
and then he went to Alam Mazar Mot, another monastery, and got the news of Vivekananda's success in our Parliament of Religions in Chicago. And then Swami Vivekananda wanted his work is to be recognized by the Indian genuine people because there is a propaganda going on in in this country that Vivekananda is a fake person. He does not represent Hinduism. Uh, he uh, So what he is saying, it is his own ego and scandal against him. So he wanted a support. But a big meeting was conducted in Calcutta recognizing Swami Vivekananda's work in what you call in Chicago and Kali became a part who took active part in organizing the meeting at the town hall and that was a success. Now after that Kali went on to rest and meditate in the Himalayan hills and after a few months being absorbed in meditation he came down and in the monastery he joined again. And in this was going on and then suddenly a call came from Swami Vivekananda. Then Kali arrived in London uh, in 1896 in the month of August and the prolonged seasickness. He suffered so much. And Kali was nervous and then Swami Vivekananda immediately wanted to make him a preacher. And he ultimately was avoiding, avoiding and ultimately he forced him to give a talk and Kali was very nervous at the beginning. Swami Vivekananda heartened him saying, depend on the master who has ever given me strength and courage in all the trials of my life. Out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So he inspired him and Kali's maiden speech before the learned audience of the Christo Theosophical Society, Bloomsbury Square in London, was a great success and Swami Vivekananda was very much pleased and he remarked, beautiful remark, he said, even if I perish on this plane, my message will be sounded through these dear lips and the world will hear it. Because it is not mere words, because of the, there is the experience and realization. So that was the work started in the West. That was how Swami Vivekananda was trying to get away from his own work. And you know, he left the body in 1902. So he's preparing some future preachers. And Kali was selected for that. During Kali's London stay, he became acquainted with distinguished servants like Max Muller, Paul Dyson. His eloquence and lucid exposition on Vedanta philosophy and his depth of his own spiritual experience made a profound impression on his audience. And then after Working there, suddenly our New York center was there where Sarodhananda Swami was working and he was called back and then Swami Abhedananda came to New York. So if we read his quick 
biography is a big happening all the time he used to he was moving from one place to another place how in those days nowadays we can i can be here i can be in new york within few hours but in those days to move from england europe and in the nooks and corners of this whole us how terribly busy he was and preaching this vedanta it's very uh, exciting to know so abhidhananda as i said before I give you a brief bio. An apostle of Ramakrishna, born in October two, eighteen eighty six, eighteen sixty six, arrived at the feet of the master in eighteen eighty three. Spent his early life among the brothers in Boranagar Monastery, in severe austerities. Travelled barefooted all over India. From eighteen eighty eight to eighteen ninety five. then call came from sami vivekananda from the west and he went to london in 1896 appeared as a speaker first in his life in the christo theosophical society at bloomsbury square london and acquainted with many distinguished servants professor max muller professor paul dyson then he crossed the atlantic landed in the new york and took the charge of the vedanta society 1897 that was actually the first vedanta society established by sami vivekananda and he became his take charge of that center began the course of lectures in mott memorial hall new york became acquainted with professor william james reverend newton and other many people a list of how many people uh, one after another he influenced many people and some interesting part i will only discuss here so new york vedanta society he added joined and he didn't confine himself to new york city but he covered philadelphia washington virginia new palgen new new york state upstate new york boston cambridge Montclair, and in different places, and they met with famous scientists like Mr. Edison, who showed them his laboratory. So I will read a few lines from those areas, but I will only quote a few lines. How what was his message, and how used to impact the audience from 1901 onward, Abhidhananda's audience. increased to 600 and the number of students in his yoga class increased so much that he had to give the class twice a day to accommodate the overflowing audience the society rented carnegie lyceum for abhidhananda's lecture and the new york sun describes abhidhananda's lecture given on the first sunday of 1901 sami abhidhananda lectured in carnegie lyceum yesterday afternoon on the religious need of the 20th century he spoke beautiful see how how his language is beautiful he spoke it is a news newspaper report he spoke of tuning the molecules of the brain cells to harmonize with the vibration of the cosmic mind is not a beautiful word to tune tuning the molecules of the brain cells to harmonize with the vibrations of the cosmic mind and so gaining power he said that the mind and matter were not dual entities 
but the subjective and objective manifestation of the unknown. A very profound statement and understanding. It is the cosmic mind, you gain that connection there, tune yourself with the cosmic mind, and then you will understand that mind and matter, as you discriminate, are not dual entities, but the subjective and the objective manifestation of the unknown. The 20th century, he continues, beautiful, the 20th century needs a religion, he said, with no scheme for salvation, no need for heaven or hell, no fear of eternal punishment. The 20th century needs a religion free from sacerdotal institutions and free from all books, scriptures and personalities. The 20th century needs a religion with a concept of God, not personal, not impersonal, but beyond both. A God whose supreme aspect will harmonize with the ultimate reality of the universe. The 20th century religion must accept the ultimate conclusion of all the philosophies of the world. A beautiful synopsis of the talk. And he, another place, he said, uh, in the great saviors of the world, where this talk was given in Brooklyn Institute of Arts and Science, and where he said, if we cannot recognize the divinity of the prophets of all the nations, in the saviors of other people, then we have not realized the divinity of our own prophet and have not understood the eternal truth of the unity of divine being under the variety of names and forms. If a mother cannot recognize her son when he changes the color of his garment or puts on the dress of a foreigner, I am sure that she is not a true mother. Similarly, I am sure that the Christian who sees divinity in Christ alone and does not recognize his own master when he comes in the form of Buddha or Krishna, has not realized the divinity of Jesus Christ. All these prophets, these messengers of God, are great. Each one was commissioned by the Almighty to deliver his message. Each one of them was a glorious son of God, a perfected soul manifested for the good of humanity to establish righteousness and to destroy evil. So this is, life is big, so I cannot go for much more. But we can just quickly give you a glimpse of uh, the uh, life I was saying. Just I will read quickly, so you can get a overall idea. That, as I said, that began the course of lecturing in Moat Memorial Hall, New York, become acquainted with Professor William James, Reverend Newton, uh, he's a very po powerful person. These All the people are very powerful people during that time. And, uh, and, and Dr. James, the chairman of the Cambridge Philosophical Conference and professor of Columbia, invited him to speak. And he spoke on Yale, Cornell, Berkeley, Clark Universities, met with the presidents McKinley of USA in 1899, first among the Indians to receive such honor. Met John Brady, then the governor of Alaska, traveled extensively all through the United States, Canada, Alaska, Mexico, delivered addresses on various pages of Vedanta philosophy in all the principal cities of America, made frequent trips to Europe, delivering lectures in different 
parts of the continent crossed the atlantic for 17 times was appreciated very much for its profundity of scholarship intellectual brilliance oratorial talents charming personality and his nobility of character a short visit to india was in 1906 then he returned again to america a teacher of spiritual truths and yogic practices in the peace retreat of buckshire hills california he trained and taught hundreds of earnest seekers after truth came back to india in 1921 on his way home he joined educational conference in honolulu visited japan china philippines singapore kuala lumpur rangoon became the vice president of the ramakrishna mission in 1922 to right 1925 started on a long tour and went as far as tibet visited all the important places in north india reached the belur mot in 1923 he established centers at calcutta and darjeeling presided over the parliament of religions held at the town hall in calcutta in 1937 founded the ramakrishna vedanta mot in calcutta in 1939 and he left his mortal frame on september 8 1939 so i cannot do any more uh, justice to his life only now we'll we'll listen to his voice original voice it will be only 5 6 minutes and the english uh, translation rendering of that and that will be the end of the talk
Tribute paid in Bengali by Swami Abhidananda, President of the Vedanta Society, to Sri Ramakrishna on the occasion of his birth centenary celebrations. At a critical period of the 19th century, when the flood of Western materialism deluged the whole of India, when the influence of Christianity confused the minds of men of the whole of Hindu society and caused their hatred and disgust of the eternal religion, right at that time, Bhagavan Sri Ramakrishna Paramahamsa Dev made his august appearance in the world to remove the ills of religion and revive the eternal religion. Born in a remote village of Bengal, he has the look of a common, illiterate man. But he gave the evidence of extraordinary greatness by supra-consciousness of the eternal reality of the Absolute. He had no logical complexities of the scripture in him. His formal education was very limited. But such was his spirituality and divine realization that he was able to solve all problems. He realized that the tastes of all men can never be similar. To be different in the midst of variety is only to be normal. So by saving all and worshipping all equally, he declared in the light of his realization of truth, that the parts are many, as the ideas are many, and that all religions are true. He did not discard Ramanuj or Mondo by the philosophy of Shankar. He did not discard Sri Chaitanya by the philosophy of Buddha. Nor did he discard Christianity or Islam by Hinduism and make ineffective the Shiva by the Shaktas. But, declaring all to be true and that every religion like a path or a way to freedom, he gave the principle of harmony of oneness in the midst of differences. The realization of truth by him was proper and certain. Considering the money as the supreme object of life, man lets himself out in worldly comfort and happiness. He abandoned that money, comparing it to a trifling piece of clay. We have seen him at Dokkineshwar and also at Kashipur Garden House, that he could not touch anything made of metal. Moreover, he had ever worshipped his own wife. Sharuna Devi, who was adorned with all virtues by placing her permanently on the seat of the Divine Mother. Not only that, any woman was the direct image of the Divine Mother in his eyes. Only in the life of Sri Ramakrishna we get the glowing example of regarding the married wife as Goddess by overcoming sexual passion 
greeting a woman first as guru and elevating the entire race of women. Bhagavan Sri Ramakrishna Dev had told us who was Ramachandra, who was Sri Krishna, has appeared now as Ramakrishna. He had told further, show you my portrait, the mother said, this portrait will be worshipped in every home. Indeed, we have been surprised to see the truth of that divine prophecy within such a short period. Lastly, it has to be said that Bhagavan Sri Ramakrishna Paramahamsudev came as an incarnation of harmony in the form of an individual symbolizing the unified essence of the ideas of the former incarnations. So he has glorified more the greatness of the eternal religion, grafting all religions on the wreath of harmony. Being ennobled by that greatness, the East and the West, the aristocrats and the fallen, are rushing gradually today to that noble generosity. Not only that, the Hindus, the Muslims, the Christians and the lowliests, all without distinction have been blessed, taking refuge at the footstool of his unenemical and peaceful message. This will continue on the earth for a long time, spreading good and peace amidst the principle of friendship and unity. Om Niranjanam Nittam Anantarupam Vattarupampa Jatavikrahambai Ishavataram Paramishamitam Tadramakrishnam Sudhakadamama Om Shanti 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 You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.